Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we are on the second book of our listener-generated submission unit, uh, Garbage Girls is our Mm -hmm. unit, and the book is The Raycast by Scarlett Peckham. Yes. Uh, So this is a historical romance book. Impressions at the top. What'd you think? I liked this book a middle amount. I mm. I get I get the appeal to it. Um, I think for me, and I know we'll probably talk about this a little bit. This is like not my favorite romance genre. Mm-hmm. I don't normally gravitate to historical romances, and so there is like an aspect of this book that the main character is actively trying to fight for or she isn't actually trying she is doing she's actively fighting for women's equality through this Mm -hmm. book but also like in what was like the 1700s so I'm also like okay but it still takes like a couple hundred years for this to even turn out semi not terrible for women so like her whole efforts I was just like "Uh, it doesn't it didn't uh." feels fruitless (laughs) so that kind of like bummed me out a little bit um and like I just I'm not um for whatever reason, this just isn't my favorite, like, part of history to read from, um, though I know it is, like, the genre of historical mm-hmm. romance. So, um, yeah, I had mixed feelings about this one, but not about the characters, not about mm. the writing. I thought the writing was fantastic. Um, a few, like, plot things, but we'll get there when we get there. What about you? Um, Kind of the same area as you for different reasons, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I also felt like this is a middling book for me personally mm-hmm. um I thought it was you know a lovely romance I I feel like uh I do read a lot of historical romances I've said this many times on the podcast and yes. kind of the opposite of you where you were like oh well she's doing all this like proto-feminism stuff and it obviously doesn't work out because this is historical and it takes several hundred years to even come close to equality for women my issue was more that like I felt like there was so much hype around this book Mm -hmm. about it being like oh it's a a, you know switching the roles sort of thing Mm -hmm. and I've seen this done so many times in romance like I was like this is not yeah 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 I feel like the the woman who fights for women's rights or like Mm, acknowledges women's rights stuff I'm like that's been done like Courtney Milan's done it like Mm -hmm. Alyssa uh, Cole's done it um I think a couple of Beverly Jenkins books touch on it like I mean like it's it's in there and I'm you know no no shade to Peckham I think in her foreword if you read that she's very aware of this Mm -hmm. but like there was a lot of hype around this book, making it seem like it was going to be like this brand new idea. Yeah, genre defining sort of thing. And what I thought it was going to be was like way more of her being a playboy, right? Me too. I thought there was going to be multiple love interests, multiple Mm -hmm. like sexy times with other people. And we get like a lot of sex times with, this is a very monogamous book for it being mm -hmm, about a rake ass. mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean... Again, that's totally fine. And there's, like I said, I've read a lot of books like that and I've liked a lot of them, but I think the hype around it kind of, kind of killed it a little bit for me. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think that's true too. I think if we had both stumbled across this book in a more organic manner, Mm -hmm. it would be, we would have liked it more perhaps. Um, And this is no shade to the, the, uh, 
listener who submitted this. Yes, because I think James suggested fits, this one for fits us. The brief. Yeah, it, it was. I think a very good suggestion because again, this is like a difficult thing for us to yeah. ask, like for submissions on in the first place. But um, I thought it did. It fit a lot of the mm-hmm. pr- uh, prompt for Garbage Girl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, there was it was it it was at times I was like, this is kind of straightforward. Yeah, I wanted her yeah. to be more garbage. I wanted her to be more yes. m- like she was mean at times, mm-hmm, and I liked mm-hmm. that. That was I fun did. for me. Uh, but <laughs> she was a bit messy, right? But I wanted her to be like. I guess, and it's kind of the same thing we talked about with Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. I feel like we knew too much about what was going on in her head, right? we could understand too much of her motive and that, like, softened the blow of her Mm -hmm. garbage-ness. Like, it was, there was, like, a tiny air freshener in her dumpster life. (laughs) There wasn't, like, the mystery of, like, is she, is she being mean to me because she likes me? Or is she just being mean? Because we knew that she liked him. (laughs) Which I also don't know if I would have liked a romance novel. Just for me personally as a reader, I don't know if I would like a romance novel entirely from Adam's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just because that's not, I don't really like a lot, like most, not most books. I don't, most books I read, I prefer to have from a female point of view. Sure. But like, I don't know, especially a romance. That mm-hmm, just seems mm-hmm. weird to have. <laughs> Maybe that could be it. Maybe that could be a, another unit. It's like yeah, I think from, maybe we might need to do that because I've read like, MLM. like obviously MLM would be. Um, I yeah, I, I don't think anything really comes to mind, and this might also be just kind of like a genre. Like uh, definitions are mm-hmm. inherently somewhat sexist, sort of thing. Of like, mm-hmm. well, if it's a romance from a man's point of view, it's literary fiction, right? Oh like, uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that's a, like I I would like a romance to try a romance novel that is a romance novel from a mm-hmm. male point of view. I don't know if I've read one of those that's not with a male love interest. But it is a it is a like women woman driven genre, mm-hmm. so understandable that we're not going to come across that often. Right. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe we we can find one some dig some up. That might be a, a future project. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So, so who would you recommend this book to if you were recommending it? I mean, I think this is. I think this is a good historical romance. Like, if you yeah. are, if you like the genre, if you like, is this Regency? Is that what? Uh, no, Regency is a little bit later, I believe. Mm. Uh, let me double check that real quick. What was this like? The seventeenth. It was the late seventeen hundreds. Oh, wait, yeah, I guess it is. 1795, it looks like is No, start date 1811 is what Google is telling me. So the, because okay. there is a little bit of a time skip thing in this in terms of, like, it is. Oh, no, it says 1797, yeah. Yeah, it, there, it, there's, a, there's a couple. So her memoirs are taking place in 1827. Right. Which and that would says be 30 Regency. years earlier, June yes. 1797. Right, and what I'm saying is that the, uh, Regency, which is in oh, relation oh, sorry, to. That's what you were saying. I thought you were talking about that. Yes, the book. yes, yes, yes. Sorry. No, no, sorry. Confusion. <laughs> um, the Regency era started in 1811. Okay. So, yeah. So, so kind of. A little bit, a little bit before that. And with some crossover with the uh, um, time skip stuff. So, yeah, that, that's kind of the era. If you're a fan of historical romances, if you are a fan of, uh, you know, sex yeah <laughs> there's a lot of that in this book um i don't know i i it was a good book it's just like for me not the not the most amazing book i read 
Yeah, so. I I would agree. And I also think, because I said, you know, for me specifically, there was the hype issue, but that's also just kind of contained a few tropes that I don't usually prefer in my romance, mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. like, and this is one that pops up all the time, but Babies Ever After, um, mm. not a fan of that sort of like, the whole discussion around children. It, and is that like hap- like a baby leading to a happy No, ever? no. It's like oh. happy ending gets a baby, basically. Oh, I see what you... Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. okay. That kind of... I it, it kind of avoided some of that of like, romance must end with marriage and children. But it also kind of leaned into some of it in a way that I mm-hmm. didn't love. Yeah. Um, but if that's something that you like, uh, also if you are maybe like... I mean, this is kind of content warning-y, I guess, but kind of in regards to who might like this and who maybe should avoid it. If you are someone who has struggled with infertility or, like, stuff with uh, childbirth, um, A, if it's a trigger for you, be warned. B, if you want to see that reflected in your romance, this might be for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, There are a lot of sad things that happened to Serafina because of her reproduction yeah yeah so that's who we'd recommend this book to we wanted to try something a little different um Mm -hmm. guys and we're gonna see if this works it might be a change in the format a little bit typically we recommend other books at the end of the podcast um but we know that sometimes people tune out by then (laughs) yes uh we we want to go ahead and put our recommendations up front so that you guys can definitely uh take advantage if we recommend something you might like so anna uh, what other books have you been reading that you would recommend either in this vein or against the grain? So I um, was reading in my quest to find a, a book that was like, at least had like garbage people in it, not necessarily <laughs> garbage women. I picked up and started reading, I haven't finished it, The Majesties by Tiffany Sal, which is um, a book book where um it it surrounds a rich family one of the daughters of this family at like a big family function poisons the soup and everyone eats it and like 300 people die but one person survives it's her sister and the story is kind of like the sister is in the hospital recovering and she is like trying to go through her memories of what led up to this event to try and figure out what her sister's motivation was for killing herself and everybody um, at this party with the poison. I'm wow, enjoying really it. that fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am hoping it gets into kind of like, you know, like how rich people can be pretty mm-hmm. shitty. Um, so we'll see how that one goes. And I also read... Um, Speaking, I guess, about humankind in general being shitty. The Only Living Girl on Earth by Charles Yu, which mm. is, um, it's a scribed or scribbed, I don't know how you pronounce the service, um, exclusive, so you have to have a membership to read it. But it's a short story about a thousand years in the future after Earth has basically been destroyed. You can't live on it anymore. There is one girl who works there, and Earth has just been turned into a gift shop. Um, not even like it used to. It used to be a museum. It used to be a theme park. Now it is just a gift shop, because that's all humanity wants to do anymore is shop and spend their money anyway. Um, and yeah, it's just like this short story that talks about like a very small glimpse of something that happens to her one day, um, and also has like a lot of 
philosophy about how life just gonna pass you by so (laughs) you know anyway um how about you you always do better at finding something applicable no i I think that especially that first one sounds like a lot of garbage people that makes sense to me um i kind of also wanted to try to find something garbage-y and we had talked about uh last last book in this unit i think I had kind of floated the idea out there that maybe it would be easier to find a Garbage Girl book in a WLW romance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my plan of attack, and I didn't really succeed. But I thought, okay, WLW romance, I need to find a way to figure out if they're garbage or not. I'll go for retellings. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So the one that I started with, and there's a few other ones on my list, but the one I started with was uh, uh, in the palace, in the Vanisher's Palace... Uh, I think it's that not in the Palace of the Vanishers. Let me double check. <laughs> it's one of the two. It's one of the two in the Vanishers Palace. Yeah, I got it the first time by <laughs> Aliette de Bodard, which uh, I'm not going to go on and on about. I'm just going to sum it up as a queer Vietnamese future dystopia retelling of with fantasy elements retelling of Beauty and the Beast. So oh, if nice. that sounds like your cup of that tea. That sounds super good. Check it out. But the I would say, again, it had the same issue of there was some interiority, so not full garbage. And also mm. just in general, I don't think it was leaning on the garbage aspect of Beauty and the Beast as much as like some other retellings I've read. Gotcha. But yeah, good stuff. Give us more garbage. Don't go light on the garbage. <laughs> I want I want heavy garbage. Full on Full. Dumpster garbage. Dumpster please. diving. Yes. <laughs> we that's are literary is, slumming dumpster divers. <laughs> dumpster diving is what you call a sex scene in a garbage boy or garbage girl book. <laughs> Our little raccoon male leads. <laughs> oh man. All right, let's let's get back to uh this one. Yes. Let's talk about what it's about. What's the what cast by Scarlet Peckheim. Um, all right. So Serafina Arden is a member of the Society of Sirens, which is basically a small group of women who are fighting for women's equality. They all have various reasons for being mad at the system. Other than that, it just sucks. Um, Sarah is a ruined woman, in quotes, because what does that mean? Who has decided to flaunt this fact and enjoy having, like, a healthy sex life, very active sex life. Um, and she has written books uh, or pamphlets, something, about um, how how women should, should have more power in society. And Cornelia was kicked out of her noble family or whatever and now she paints super sexy pictures uh thais i think is how this french name is pronounced is a very famous courtesan and super hot and (laughs) the woman that brought them all together eleanor bell is a uh mark marquess viscountess marquise marquise i don't know i only read historical romances guys i don't listen to the audio i don't know anything about the (laughs) marquis i think it's marquis because it's like but i don't know what the feminine is marquisa no it's wrong it's m-a-r-u-q-q-u i can't even spell it it doesn't e-s-s-e lady bell yeah (laughs) uh she's noble she's brought them all together um she's kind of like a um surrogate mother for them and she has recently published an essay in her name about women's equality women's equality and then her stupid ass husband got so mad about this that he's like you're going to an asylum 
So she has been admitted against her will. Sarah, in the meantime, has gone back to her childhood home of Cornwall to write her memoirs. So she is going to be telling the story of how she became a ruined woman and talk about how it's unfair, like how her life was so destroyed. She's like, you know, socially devastated by this. But the man involved in their in their coupling has gone on to be like super successful and happy. And he's going to be in like the... House of Lords. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the Lords of Commonwealth. Yep. The House of Lords and the House of Commons. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. Whatever we can. Um, The the Society of Sirens is trying to earn money to build an institute for women to go and learn whatever trades they would like or if they have, like, been kicked out of their homes by overbearing fathers. um, They have some place to go. And um, Cornwall is not, like, a super good place for Sarah to be because, one, it reminds her of her anger um, that she felt towards this dude that she's writing about. Also, he lives here. um, And so, like, she has the chance of running into him. Um, But also, like, this town is not welcoming to her anymore because they know her history. And she keeps running into people that are super mean to her, like her ex-BFF. Um, who, spoiler alert, went on to marry the man that um, had sex with Sarah to start Shameful. off this whole story. Shameful behavior. Really shitty best I feel like, here's the thing. I feel <laughs> like they include, I, I know that happens at the end, that reveal, yeah. and we're at the beginning of the book, but I want to talk about it now. <laughs> but I'm not going to talk um, about her later, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about it right now. So, like, <laughs> here's my thought with all of that, is that she either needed to be, again, that middle of the road shit, right? That whole plot yes, line needed yeah. to be way more in the book or just not in the book at all, right? Because I was Agreed. like, this girl shows up once at the beginning and it's like, oh, it was so awful to see her and like have her scowl at me and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, she comes into like kind of save the Machina day Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, oh, and it turns out I was married to your your bad ex-boyfriend this whole time. Yes. It's like that was the only reason she was introduced earlier in the book. So you could have someone to say that. Which, like, right. Okay, but then make her more prevalent. Right. Make it more. Yeah. Like, Sarah kind of ruminates on it a couple times. Like, like she'll think about how sad it is that that friend of hers doesn't love her anymore and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but I was like, I don't know. I needed I needed this to be more of a thing to have it have this like emotional moment at the end where she's like, oh, but Sarah, the reason that I went along with it was because we'd been fucking the whole time as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was another of his victims and I still fall prey to his charms. As you can I mean, tell, I'm with my fifth child. It's like, I don't know what I don't, I'm supposed to take away from this. I don't feel bad for you. Right. Like, that's fine if Sarah wants to forgive you, I guess. But, like, whatever. You're trash. You're not garbage. You're trash. You're trash. You're full-on trash. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we have Adam Anderson, a Scottish architect who is working on the home of one of Sarah's neighbors. And he just is... enough alliteration in his name to be a love interest. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Adam. I'm playing, I'm playing this video game right now where it's Bravely Default 2. Where, like, one of, like, the big villain's name is Adam. And I'm like, why did... It's just Adam? His name is just Adam? I feel like this is a thing. (laughs) Like, the same way that John is a thing. People... Maybe... Maybe I'm 
remembering this from one of my deep dives on TV tropes, or maybe I'm pulling this out of my ass. I'm not sure. But, like, I know that, like, a lot of fiction uses John and, like, JC initials and whatever as Christ references, right? Oh. And I feel like Adam is kind of the same thing where it's, like, Adam, the the original man, and it's, like, a commentary of some sort. But I haven't played the video game, so I don't know if maybe that's what they were going for. But I'm going to keep talking out of my ass about a game I haven't played. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do, do tell me. Tell me what you think, and then I will tell you if I ever beat this game in, like, 60 more hours of play, uh, if you were right. I feel like, is he some sort of construct, like a robot or a Frankenstein or, like, I a... Don't, his skin is, like, a bluish gray, so it's kind of like maybe he's a vampire, but... Maybe, like, a new species and he's the first of that species yeah. or something. Oh, like, that yeah. might be a thing. Yeah. I'll let you know. Don't send me any Keep me updated. spoilers. I will be yeah. so mad. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Um, so, Adam Anderson is a... W- <laughs> Sorry. Just think of Louis Anderson. I'm Adam Anderson. Why? Because I'm Louis Anderson. And so I'm like, I'm Adam Anderson. And that's all I can think about. He's a widower. And he has traveled with his sister and two children to Cornwall. He's a widower who fucked his wife to death. Oh, my God. Yes. So his <laughs> wife. This is the, this part. Truly. I was just like, this is so stupid. I'm sorry. Truly. Like, I, It is traumatizing for your wife to die in childbirth. I get that. God. 100%. That is completely valid. And I understand also in seven pre seventeen ninety seven because this is all backstory, um, that like um, contraceptives were probably not a super huge thing, especially especially with what we have to go with in this story that Sarah uses as her contraceptives. So um, if you didn't, if a doctor tells you your wife can bear no more children, and if she does end up with child, it would it could kill her. That you would have to be like, okay, no more sex for us, but. It is in this book is turned into Adam saying, I'm my lust is so insatiable. I am so fucking horny. We could not resist having P and V sex. And my dong killed my wife and I can no longer have penetrative sex again because I will kill the next woman. This, I is penetrate. Just, this is just the most romance I, novel bullshit way. I cannot. Because, like, okay, I get why I get it. I do I, yeah, get 100%, it. Yeah, 100%. Like, I yes, this is, this is a traumatic thing. It's tragic that this happened. But also, like, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't your dick. It was, though. It was his <laughs> dick. But also, I get why Peckham wrote this because she's trying to do this inverse of the Regis and the Virgin, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Or the Reagan, the Virgin. And it's like. Why couldn't you have just made him like an innocent man boy, not a boy, but a man, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, who a man who had just sex. he works so much. He has had no time for sex. Right. Instead of it being like <laughs> he's afraid of sex because his dick done killed his wife. <laughs> just not. <laughs> I honestly this is not funny, but I cannot help but laugh at his situation because I... of the way he has internalized it. He's. I got so horny, my wife died. I wanted to text you so many times about the fact that his dick killed his wife. I, and I just was like, I got to save this for when we're recording. <laughs> oh, my Listen, God. Very traumatic. Very traumatic. It's, sad. I'm sure. it's very extremely sad. Uh, 
But just why couldn't you just have written? Why couldn't he have just been an innocent, an innocent man instead yeah. of? Well, because we had to have the kid so that Sarah could realize how good mm. of a mom she could be. Mm. And Adam is really turned on by how good of a mom Sarah could be. Counterpoint. We didn't have to have the kids. Yeah. Or we could have had the kids and it could have been his niece and nephew whose yeah. mother died. Because Marianne is fucking there. His sister. Right. So, yeah. So just have him have another dead sister or kill off Marianne, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. And now he's adopted these children. Yes. Great, perfect. He's their only living Done. relative. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. It was, it was very like to me. And also because he's like really fucking good at sex is the mm-hmm. other thing which is like again like with this trope reversal i was like is he that good at sex <laughs> he's so good at sex <laughs> that the ray cast is like i only crave one man now um i <laughs> it's just all adds up to you it's just so fucking horny <laughs> his wife died so horny his and wife this is died. very like like derivative is that the word i'm looking for what actually happened almost seems like a parody though right of like romance novels because that's like a thing that is a thing right of if you have sex you will die right yes yes oh my god like i get it but it's kind of played straight where it's like yeah yeah she died this is is a very serious thought for adam is he's I cannot. I want to fuck you, but I can't because for my dick, you'll die. Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) So one night, Sarah goes to meet a different paramour and she runs into Adam instead. Uh, And she's like, she's wearing like a sheer nightgown. She's going outside of her house in like, a very trans transparent a chemise yes and she well she wears a cloak over it and so and then she sees this dude who couldn't possibly look anything like the guy that she was trying to have sex with just based on the descriptions we've given in the book but she she like is like ooh, it's you my sexy paramour and it's adam and he sees her naked and he's instantly horny because of it he's gotta control it because he can't how much destruction yes. can his dick rot <laughs> Adam's dick destroyer of worlds <laughs> this is very serious a woman died a woman died in childbirth that's sad it's very sad but Adam and his mother-in-law blamed him for it He's like, when he's talking about his sad backstory, he's like, yes. after she died, I could see in their eyes, except in a Scottish accent, which I'm not going to try to do. Yeah. After she died, <laughs> I could you. see in their eyes that they all blamed me for her death. Like, y'all told everyone? Y'all you told t- everyone? <laughs> My wife's family, I'm sorry to report. My dick is too potent. Like, because the way it's set up is like, he... <laughs> After their second child, the doctor was like, "Hey, no more sex. No more kids. Kill We're her. serious about this. We're She's serious about die. this. I, like, I don't know. Maybe families were different back then, but that would be that would be staying between me and the spouse, not something to for, share with the in laws. Sure. For sure. I don't know though. Like HIPAA probably did not exist then. Mm, so that doctor they were probably was going just around had their like, ear up against the door to figure. Out. <laughs> or they just like, yo, doctor, what's up with this? What's wrong with was- my sister? <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, she has this. Full on down at the pub, like, yeah. ah, lad, your sister has dick disease. Like, <laughs> She's allergic to dick. 
tell tell that randy husband of hers to keep off of her <laughs> i know his dick is massive and his shoulders are sexy but you and cannot he's so good at dicking oh my god and like i guess to be fair the book also does try to frame it as like she was also super horny for oh, her yeah, husband yeah, yeah. they could not keep their hands off each other um you know and it does suck that like you know he couldn't pull out but what are you gonna do i mean sometimes these things happen and you just have to accept you've killed your wife with your dick that's literally all we're gonna talk about this entire podcast death by dicking death by dicking (laughs) the new agatha christie (laughs) boy boy rose very I don't even. I can't. I cannot Finish think of Poirot in a situation with dicks. That's too much. He's too adorable. Oh. So, <laughs> Sarah goes on a campaign to woo Adam because she's like, I must have him. She invites him to, over to her home under the ruse of needing his architectural expertise on the institute she wants to build, which isn't a lie. Uh, she does want this, but also she's like, Hey, you want to just fuck? And Adam was like, yes, but also no. <laughs> For tragic reasons, you'll find out later. It's my dick. It's too dark and tragic backstory. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. But you know what? Eventually they start to have sex on a somewhat regular basis. Um, they spend the summer in this sort of limbo where they do a sex and Adam gets all emotional about it. And Sarah is like, no, I don't want to be involved with a man who will be too attached to me because I cannot open my heart to love. But Adam's just like, I just want to say thank you, lass. And Sarah's like, no, stop. Just, just we had sex. It was fine. Just leave. And he's like, but I want to we hug you and tell you I love you. No, Adam, no, just go. Do not make eye contact with me. Simply yeah. pick up your, your boxers, your Regency era <laughs> boxers from... <laughs> from my bedpost and get out and get out yes yeah i have i have some garbage to do now you did your diving now leave (laughs) so on this dumpster dive i'm hoping to find your heart also i i they have they have so much loud sex but also, they are never like alone in the house no. when they have sex, which to me like, is like I could not, I could not get that out of my mind. I feel like as much as we give historical eras like shit for being like way less freaky than modern days, everybody was basically fine with knowing everyone was fucking. Yeah, there are servants like everywhere. Those servants know you're basically just having yeah. sex in front of your servants. Well, all the, the time. servants are subhuman, so it doesn't matter what exactly. They know. So it's like having a dog watch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the most fucked up thing I ever said, I think. This this is not an accurate reflection of what Shelfware thinks about people in this the is... service industry. Please don't come for us. We know. I work in the service industry. Please. Please. Please don't have sex in front of we me. Have unless we've all consented. Respect. God. Anyway, let's get back to making fun of this dick. Um, so... <laughs> Sarah is continuously pushing Adam away, but Adam is way too horny to stay for away for very long. So they just, it's a cycle over and over again, which this part of the book, I was just like, can we just skip to the part where they do the breakup and go to London? Like, I don't, why do I have to read so much about their time in Cornwall? Like, oh. <laughs> I think that this is a thing with romances in general now is that 
there's a lot of like the dating stage Mm -hmm. includes more fucking than it used to um which is probably good for some readers but isn't like i personally prefer the the angsty longing stage yes i agree where they're like trying to figure out if they like each other and then like trying to stay away from each other and it's all very dramatic mm-hmm. and like stupid in real life but fun in a book yes um, but I agree. yeah i think a lot of historicals take the more um nowadays take at least the ones i've read take the more healthy approach of like yeah you should like essentially date each other not just agree to get married at the end of the book <laughs> Uh, I mean, so again, yes, it's probably is, better that they probably like had better, the, but it really drags when you have right. To read it was it. like, all right, we get it. They sucked each other's. They sucked his dick, or she sucked they, his dick. <laughs> it was <laughs> a group effort. <laughs> the servants were there. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows how many people were present? It's hard to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just man I thought, servant tickle his groin <laughs> quickly. Made Please free voice in the area. Thank you. I don't want to have to do this for very long. So if you could just start it. <laughs> Whisk the feather duster across his grundle. You know how he likes that. <laughs> Which might be a kink. I don't know. Like, that could be no, a thing. No, no might be about that. That's a kink for sure. <laughs> um... So, said Sarah's also really good with Adam's kids, which also makes him very happy and horny. Um, and they God. do have penetrative sex one time. And Sarah makes this primitive condom thing. Um, like she just takes she just takes the sheepskin and ties a little bow around his dick with it. Um, but it falls off in the middle of their sexy time, of course. So I guess he just comes inside her a little. He's she's he's like I'll pull out, and then he doesn't. Y'all, we got to get on the same page about birth control. Exactly. Yes. Um, Sarah's like, I'll just, I'll just take an herbal bath and it'll be fine. Trust me. I guess there's vinegar in here. I'll clean this, clean this dumpster right out. It'll be fine. Oh no. (laughs) Also, Chekhov's broken condom, guys. Of course, of course. (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Oh. So somewhere in there, uh, in all this fucking, Sarah's two friends, Cornelia and uh, Thais. I think I. Sorry if I'm. Pro- I did listen to how to pronounce the name, but I could also still be doing it wrong, and I apologize. Um, Cornelia and Thais show up, and they bust Lady Bell out of the asylum. She's being held in against her will, and Lady Bell goes into hiding. But Lord Bell shows up because he's pretty sure Sarah has something to do with this, and he accuses her of a bunch of stuff, and he storms off. He's pretty sure Sarah has something to do with this because when they go to the asylum, they go in disguise and Sarah's disguise is that she wears a frumpy dress and stuffs the boobs so no one will recognize because, her. Because Nothing the boobs are the most face. definable part of the body. Nothing to her face. She didn't get a fucking wig. She didn't like do some eye makeup. Nothing. She Nothing. was just like, if they see my breasts, they'll recognize they'll me immediately. Know. By my cup size, that is me, Serafina Arden. Everybody, everybody in London's like, uh, have you read the latest Serafina Arden? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, size A32 is what I hear. And interesting ideas. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so there's this girl at that works at the asylum and she immediately recognizes Sarah and she's like, Are you Serafina Arden? And Sarah's immediately like, Yes, I am. <laughs> now help us. So like also it was a complete total character reveal who she was. The disguise and then the, the was guy pointless. who owns the asylum shows up with uh Eleanor's husband and is like there she is the woman I talked to her breasts are slightly smaller than they were on that day but is still clearly <laughs> recognizably the same person <laughs> it, the breast thing though Adam Adam Wild. also like sees her as she's in her disguise and he's like why are your boobs so big <laughs> Yo. so maybe maybe she has very famous decolletage I don't know I just feel that I could maybe accept that as a plot point now in the modern day when maybe like someone like perhaps if she did something was, fun with her nipples. She's got yeah, tattoos. Or she I don't was, know. I'm not even saying that. Like if she was like a porn star with pictures of her boobs oh, across yeah, the internet, yeah, 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 people yeah. might be like recognizable boobs. Yes. But it's not. They don't have photographs. Like, <laughs> just, just drawings. And those could be. Those could be flubbed. Like, right, and like... Often how, probably were. How many descriptive words do you have to get to the point where someone's boobs are recognizably... Like, again, exactly. unless there's something real wonky about these boobs. Like, well, the one is is a, a cup size. The other one's a double G. Like... <laughs> okay, yeah, that one I yeah, can see. I would, I, would, I would notice that, yes. <laughs> like, having two different size boobs is completely normal. Every it's, Almost every single woman has two completely... Mm-hmm. Or not mm-hmm. completely... Almost every single woman has two different sized boobs. That is very drastic, though. <laughs> yeah. And not saying that it's bad, but it would be noticeable. It would be noticeable. I don't know how you would buy a bra that fit. Also, my thing here was, why did why would why would her face be so recognizable though? Like, isn't this like you wouldn't have your picture in the paper all the time? I mean, they do have caricatures of her. That's uh, yeah. another one of the things. Yeah, but they all draw her ugly because she has sex. Yeah, I guess. I don't she's know. She's always got like a hook nose and stuff. How fame worked pre-internet, um, or I guess pre-photograph. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe they did drawings. Maybe there were author drawings in the book. I don't know. But also, like, if there were, like, if you had a portrait done of you. Mm-hmm. She's not so famous that would be somewhere. Right. Well, like I'm saying, in like a book, in her book. Oh, like, maybe they like did. her image but in I the don't, back of the book or something? Like I don't the think they page. did. I yeah. think that's probably not how that worked. Maybe, okay, maybe we can make this make sense of the girl who was a fan of her saw her give a speech once. Okay, there you go. just wasn't mentioned in the book. There you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll fill in the details for you. <laughs> um... So, of course, problems problems arise. Um, Sarah is having a particularly stressful time trying to deal with the hate from her neighbors. Like, they're, someone is sending her dead birds, like the type of bird that she loved as a child. They're just leaving them on her doorstep. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for her to go out in public without, you know, people making fun of her and stuff. And she's also reliving all these terrible memories while writing her memoirs of things that she would prefer to keep buried. And so she takes to drinking a whole, whole bunch. And she gets so drunk that she misses out on attending this local festival-type situation with Adam and his family. And Adam is pissed because he's like, you can disappoint me, but don't fucking disappoint my kids. So he goes to confront her about this. Um, But, like I said, she's, like, real sloppy drunk, Um, like – 
precariously perched on the cliffside. And Adam doesn't do well with drunk people because his dad was an alcoholic. So he starts having like these flashbacks that he would prefer to keep stay away. Um, and so this Again, causes. I thought this book was going to be about a woman having a lot of fun sex. Yes. This was. Yes. This was. This was a not lot of where... emotions. There was a lot of of grimness. Yeah. Uh, in this uh, garbage. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. Okay, it's a little bit a little bit spoilers. That's the thing about this book is I feel like I would have liked to see the breakup having to do with Sarah's like sexual lifestyle as opposed to just her general like I'm having a hard time functioning because of emotions you know like that to Mm -hmm. me doesn't feel that wasn't the vibe I wanted I guess like like a breakup because she kept having sex with other people and she couldn't stay monogamous or like she I don't know I don't know I can kind of see here here were kind of my mm, I would have liked if this this is kind of antithetical to romance though because I kind of would have liked if this book was more about Adam getting his groove back and learning that fucking can be fun and not deadly yes. and then they just like part ways at the end but again that's not really a romance you yeah. have to have a happily ever after happen. well I guess or happily for now yeah. in a romance but uh, I wouldn't want them to break up over sex stuff just because I feel like that would be sex shamey that's true too yeah, I, I guess, I guess. I, I like that they broke up over her drinking because I think what it was saying was, like, sometimes the answer, like, you can't expect someone else to fix you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. she had a problem that she needed to deal with and not have. And Adam couldn't be the same. And Adam come yeah. fix it for her, right? Yeah, yeah there, is a, there is a lot of personal growth, I think. I guess, yeah, I guess I'm just disappointed that. This is, like, she has sex with two men in this book. Mm-hmm. One at the beginning, who she immediately dumps, and then she meets Adam. And then, like, that is it for You her. were hoping that she would, like, take Adam to some sex parties, get him into the swinger lifestyle. That would have been cool, yeah. Honestly, that would have been good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all her friends show up. Um, I don't know. They could have been, they have been having. Yeah swinger situations i don't know man it was just it was so like if you take away like like if you just pare it down it's just like this is just like a typical Mm -hmm. monogamous romance yes that's that i agree you take away all the trappings like it needed to be more push it not pushing the envelope even but just like she it was almost like she was a rakehess because that is what society deemed her to be, not what she wanted in her heart. You know? Yes, like, yeah. And it's like, no, I want her to to stay horny and exactly sexy. and keep being her. Yeah, which the the book tries to say, like, wouldn't it be great revenge if you, after all the shit society has given you, you fell in love with someone who loved you back, like, and you just adored each other and were happy for the rest of your life? Wouldn't that be a great revenge? But, you know, it would be a better revenge if you did that and also went to key parties. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If we could just, like, eyes wide shut this situation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just, or even, like, Adam is so, so okay 
with everything involving her her like sexual proclivities which like yes that is how he should be today um but i don't know like it would have been nice for him to get a little bit jealous because she was slept with i don't know like not not in a way that he was like oh i just i want her to i don't i don't know man i don't know what i want that it's like not so gross gender normative what do i what do i want from this book that didn't deliver i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> i'm mad i'm mad because i can't explain why and i feel like i'm just displaying some kind of internalized misogyny but i don't know man <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i mean you know sometimes that's what these books that's the know, garbage you know you gotta you gotta sort through this stuff yeah yeah. I don't think it's necessarily internalized misogyny to be like, um, to like jealousy in a romance. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard because it's like, I tend to be of the view of like, anything goes in a relationship as long as everybody involved in the relationship is okay with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Either. I don't know. Maybe if it was like, oh, we're going to keep seeing each other but casual and it's an open relationship but he's not really okay with it being an open relationship but then that's just like kind of weird and shitty in its own way I don't know it's yeah it's hard to work a jealousy angle into this uh book I think without it being a completely different book but that was also kind of I wanted a completely different book was it too tame? Like, there was a lot of sex I feel like was it was it too, too tame? tame. Yeah. I feel like it was too tame is the thing. I feel they, like... They even had a butt plug in this book. But, like, I yeah. feel like it was too not tame. The, not the, the sex scenes in yeah. and of themselves were, like, fine. There was, like, oral. There was a butt plug. There was... Yeah. Um, there was variety some, for the time some period. Some roughness going on, you know. Yeah. Uh, Choking. A little bit of... Ch- yeah, she did ask him to choke her at one point, which I was like, oh, okay. Like, we're, we're going with that, huh? Um, that escalated really that quickly. escalated so quickly. Um, <laughs> that seems wildly dangerous. It's very dangerous. Um, but... It, it, the the way it was billed of it being a flip of the usual. Mm-hmm. And I mean, usually we don't get the rake. Like, we don't have the rake going out and, like, fucking a bunch of other people. Yeah. While it's usually a ruse, right? Like, he's, right. he's pretending to be super horny, but actually he, like, tucks the women into bed and then goes about his way because he's antisocial. I mean, there are, <laughs> like, rakes who go out and fuck a bunch of women, but then once the heroine shows up on the scene, that's pretty much it, right? Yes. So I feel yeah. like that's the classic. Maybe we needed more pre-Adam Sarah. Maybe, but that's not typical either. Like, it's, yeah. again, it, once the love interest shows up is when the story starts, you know? Um, I don't know. I just, maybe I wanted her to be hornier. Maybe. <laughs> what if, <laughs> this is wild, what if this was the second book in the series and the first mm-hmm. book was one of the other women? Yes. No, that would be good. Yeah. That would be good if she was like, up so to we have jinx. like Sarah mm-hmm. who drinks too much and has a lot of sex in the background yeah. of like Cornelia's book where she mm-hmm. paints naked people. Right. Yeah. I'd be down for that. That yeah. I think would fix it. Okay. So Scarlet Peckham. <laughs> No, no. Rewrite your whole series for us. <laughs> for us. You're critically only. acclaimed. Everybody loved your book, but we're slightly <laughs> unhappy with it. And so we want you to fix it for us and our tastes. Oh, God. I probably just read too much stupid fan fiction is what it is. Honestly. <laughs> they so, never had to share a single bed because they were traveling in this book. What honestly, are we just doing here? <laughs> they always had separate accommodations. They hated it. 
They didn't even have to do fake relationship. In fact, they hid theirs desperately. (laughs) So Sarah and Adam have their big falling out. um, And Sarah pushes Adam away for what she hopes is the final time in her drunken state. But then when she wakes up in the next the next morning, she's like, oh, no, I drank too much. I did some really hateful, unforgivable things. I have to I have to go get sober and I need to leave for London to be with my friends now so they can help me. So she does. She just leaves without saying a word. And Adam is like, oh, well, shit. So fast forward a month or so, Sarah is recovering from her withdrawal symptoms and she bumps into Adam at a party in London. She feels extremely regretful about how they left things. So she is kind of trying to like make amends without full on apologizing. I don't think she ever says I'm sorry, (laughs) but she does like introduce him to other influential people at this party so that he can like he looks super awkward. She's like, he doesn't look like he belongs here. So I'm going to make him feel at ease by introducing him to people he'll have things in common with and also like help him make him some, some connections so he can be rich or famous or whatever. Um, and at the end of this party, she's like, hey, can we still be friends? And Adam is like, nah. <laughs> like he internally is like, I would love to be friends with her, but I can't be around her because she is an alcoholic. But in out, outwardly, he's just like, no, thank you. Honestly, I saw nothing wrong with that. And also at this point, Adam doesn't know why Sarah has just up and left for London without saying goodbye to him or his children. So he's a little bit offended still about like, um, I don't, you know, I kind of want to rub it in a little bit that I'm mad. So after after he turns down Sarah's offer of friendship, he goes and reads a copy of her memoirs, which have recently been published. Okay, let me talk about this, though. Time for her tragic backstory. Yeah, it's time for her tragic backstory, but... She, the beginning of this book, she's like, I have three weeks to write my memoirs because they need to go to publishers to be printed. Mm -hmm. She has too much sex to write much for like one week. And then like for two weeks after that, she's drunk or like not drunk, but she's like recovering from her alcoholism, her withdrawal symptoms, not recovering. You're always technical terms, whatever. She is in, she's in bed, not leaving the house, trying to, um, overcome her withdrawal symptoms so like I'm like when did she write this book I mean it seems like the book was maybe four pages long so it probably I think it's like a pamphlet like it was a book in the sense that everything in the 1790s was a book if it was you know more than a page <laughs> we don't quite know what books are yet this seems fine <laughs> we haven't nailed it down <laughs> Is this a book? No, that's a newspaper. Is this she a book? She wrote like no. three paragraphs. <laughs> um, but Adam does read all the stuff about what happened to Sarah, and he's like, "Okay, wow, I misjudged her, and a lot of her actions make sense now." So, you know what? Which, I miss what her. happened to Sarah? I don't think we've said is that, like, you know, she was with this dude who said he loved her, but then he married someone else, but she got pregnant yes. and then she lost the baby. Yes. Um, so very sad. And she has a lot of like sadness about childbirth and like children and a lot of angst about when Adam says stuff, like if you were a parent, you'd understand. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I wanted to be, but my baby is dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, and also like a whole bunch of guilt of like she didn't want to be pregnant, and then she lost the baby, and she's like, "Oh, I did actually mm-hmm. want a baby." It's it's very it's very, very sad. sad. Um, and she was also like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, she was very so, like, young. Um, 
And she even says in the book that she's like, I think like me having so much sex is me kind of like wanting to, what does she phrase it? She's like, like accidentally cutting myself on the edge of having, being a mother. I don't know. It was like a kind of a weird, it it made sense when it was in the book, but out of context, the way I'm saying it is stupid, but she was kind of like flirting with (laughs) like, like, maybe I have so much because I like the risk of becoming a parent or something. Yeah. Uh, Which I didn't like. I mean, it made sense, but also like, again, I don't love the whole, like, gotta be a mom because I got these ovaries yeah reproduction focused romances and character drives and whatever I mean like Mm -hmm. it's hard because you know she kind of makes the point at the end she's like oh you can be a mom and a you know feminist and a and a and a and a and a whatever like and a writer and a help meet and and it's like yeah, you can, but also a lot of romances end with babies, and could we just not? Like, yeah, I I tend to avoid um, books that where like pregnancy is kind of a big plot point because that's because that's not one of my favorite tropes to read either. Like, even if it's like, oh, you know, not the dad isn't who she ends up with, you know, I just I'm just like not in the. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he writes to her, and she writes back, inviting her to dinner. So they can they they decide to be friends, but the problem is that Adam is trying to he's win. He's too a, horny. He's too horny. Oh, no also, his dick is too powerful. He's too <laughs> horny. He's also trying to win a bid for some work from some fancy lords that definitely don't approve of Sarah and her radical views, um, and he's afraid that association with her will ruin his chances of getting this job of building the naval armory or something, um, and meaning he wouldn't be able to provide for his family. So he's like damn, I have to choose a woman or my kids. And this guilt kind of weighs on him um, as they resume their sexual relationship again. And Sarah also at this point has realized she's pregnant with Adam's baby but doesn't want to tell him yet. And then Adam is like, okay, I have to come clean about the lords that I'm working for and end things with you, Sarah. Which... I didn't, I also didn't care. Like, I was like, why do we have to have two breakups? Like, <laughs> that's the really groundbreaking thing about this book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's definitely other romances that have done multiple breakups and they are also tiresome. Yeah. Um, just like, just be, be together or don't. I generally, like, it's hard to do a romance with no breakups, but I definitely prefer that if at all possible. Um, yeah. And usually the type of breakup I like is like, kind of more the second one where it's like well we want different things and we have different um yeah. like goals in life and we have to go like be apart to figure out what we really want sort of thing yes. um but this was complicated by the fact that she was straight up pregnant with his baby and didn't tell him and that like adds a whole other layer of like i get it but it's all i don't know to me it's kind of it's kind of it's that was kind of her most garbage behavior i feel like yeah yeah well and his whole like choosing choosing these gross we know they're gross but at this adam doesn't understand the full extent of him choosing his job over sarah what that means quite at this point yet because she hasn't revealed certain information about herself um but i was like you're also super garbage for this (laughs) yeah bordering on trash (laughs) i mean i was more on his side just because like he does have children that this he has is, to yeah. feed. Um, yeah. So there's that. 
But yeah, it's still pretty shitty to be like, I'm choosing a job over my girlfriend. But also if that girlfriend is like, I don't ever want anything serious with you anyway, then it's kind of like, well, okay. Like then I guess putting me in a, because I don't know that you're pregnant. Right, right, right. Like you're putting me in a position where it's like on the one side, I have commitments that I have committed to that I will stay committed to. And I, on the other side, I have someone who has said they don't want to be committed to me anyway. So like, yeah, bye, I guess. (laughs) But that also, because, because of this breakup, like the fact that he is immediately like edit undo when he does find out about stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like that that lessens that. So like yeah. I, I mean know. he kind of does a little bit before he finds out about the pregnancy where he's like no, I'm going to stand up for her when she does her speech and I'm not going to like yeah. throw her under the bus and I'm mad that my brother-in-law did and like so he like it's not entirely just that he's like, oh, she's pregnant, and so I'll come back to her. But it, it does have tinges of that, right? Yes, yeah. He's like, oh, well, if I had known all of these details, I never would have broken up with you. I'm like, well, then if it's that easy to quit your job, you don't, you suddenly don't care about your kids, like taking care of them anymore. Now that you realize who your employer is, whereas before it was like, God, do it for my kids. So much like, do you hate them now? I don't what. <laughs> At the same time, I think it was, like I kind of said, like breakup where it's like, oh, we need to go reevaluate our priorities. And, you know, once yeah. you kind of, kind of realize like, oh, no, actually my employees, I'm, my employers are shit. It would be better off. I'd be better off at, a, you know, doing mm-hmm. something else. Um, but also like as much as it's kind of shitty that it's like, oh, if I had known you were pregnant, we wouldn't have broken up. I mean, that's kind of like valid also, right? Like to be like. Yeah, if situations were different, then the situation would be different, right? Yes. Like, yeah. It, I don't. I I can see staying with like adding a pregnancy would kind of add to the column of we should stay together probably. Yeah, <laughs> like, or you know at least keep in touch. Yeah, since <laughs> like we already like stuff. each other, like it kind of I don't know. Yeah. Wow. But I hate the the conceit of romances need to end up with babies anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wanted the book. I, w- I wanted to read the book where she does raise the baby on her own. I thought that would be interesting right? because you know that baby's right? going to end up being like a detective or something. I was going to say very Enola Holmes. Yep. Right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Adam comes clean to her about the lords that he's working for. He's working for Pendrake and Bell. Um, and he decides to do this on the night that Sarah was planning on telling him she was pregnant with his child. And obviously she doesn't get a chance to tell him because she's like, I'm fuck. I'm not going to tell him now. Fuck that guy. He fucking betrayed me. Um, uh, so yeah, he's like, I'm working for Lord bell. Who's that nasty husband of the friend that was put in the asylum. And also this man named Lord Pendrake or something. What Adam doesn't know at this point in the book is that Pendrake is the guy that is the father of the man that Sarah was ruined by whose name is Jonathan. Um, and also Jonathan got her pregnant, but she lost the baby. So, you know, I guess shame on Sarah for not, I don't, I don't know. I mean, does Adam deserve to know all that at this point in time? They've only known each other for like two months. Right. <laughs> but also she I is going to publish this information <laughs> for the public. So I don't know. I feel that the only thing Adam deserves to know is that she is pregnant with his baby. Yes. Because yeah. that directly involves him. Yes. Again, fully in support of women's choices to do whatever the fuck they want with their pregnancies. But if you know who the father is and the father has not committed some egregious act against you. He's so nice. We hear so much about how nice Adam is. 
it is the correct moral thing to do to clue him in to what's up. So yes, that he can yeah. Be aware and weigh <laughs> his own options. But I don't think she gets at the end. She's not like mad at him because he picked them and didn't know that they were involved with her. I think it's more just like she's like. Um, obviously if he's involved with these guys who suck, he probably also sucks. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, she, well, she's also pissed off cause like, she, this is the second time she's been in a situation with like a man she thought she was in love or didn't, doesn't know that she's in love. The man she cared for immensely has chosen his duties over her. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, um, complicated by the fact that Adam left her for the asshole who fucked her over to begin with. So... She's pissed. Her friends are pissed. Everyone's pissed at Adam. We all hate Adam now. The second volume of her memoirs comes out where she reveals the name of the man who took advantage of her and reveals the stuff about the child she lost. And Adam reads it and is like, oh, 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 fuck. I fucked up (laughs) real big. Yeah, yeah, guys. I, uh, shit. Fuck. Uh, if I had, if I had known exactly who it was that fucked up Sarah's life in the past, I would never have chosen to work for them. And also the stuff about the baby. Oh, man. I've said so many cringy things. Oh, God. I did bad. So <laughs> he grapples with this. Um, Sarah's giving a speech to a bunch of women about women's equality and about her memoirs. Just like, you know, having a little salon. Book but club. A lot of people are there. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam is like, I have to show up and warn her that a bunch of men are going to the speech to try and rile stuff up. But like, duh, Sarah already knew that was going to happen because this isn't her first rodeo, Adam. And he, <laughs> and he shows up, and she's, like, super cold to him, which, whatever. Uh, a riot breaks out, and Sarah's going to faint because she's pregnant. And she's having real bad morning sickness. And so they're like, get Sarah out of here. Um, one of her friends is like, Adam, go get this doctor for us. Sarah needs this doctor specifically. And Adam shows up, and the doctor is like, wow, I didn't realize Sarah was breeding, which, what? <laughs> Look, it was a different time. <laughs> I mean, I guess, technically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's not incorrect information, but it's just a real weird way to phrase that. Interesting, interesting choice of words. <laughs> and Adam's like, she's pregnant with my baby. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God, I'm even worse now. I'm just the most stupid, awful person in the world. I was the garbage boy all along. No, you weren't, Adam. You were too nice. I looked into the dumpster, and the dumpster looked back. (laughs) Saw my reflection. He goes back to Sarah and is like, marry me. And Sarah's like, no, I don't fucking believe in marriage. Also, I'm pissed off at you. Leave. (laughs) Uh, but then, like, a couple hours passes and her friends talk to her. And they're like, no, it sounds like you love him, so go to him. She does. She visits him. And they talk shit out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to quit my architecture job because I can't work for those types of people that treat you like that. Um, you know, I can find some other work. I also love painting, so maybe I'll just paint. Uh, yeah. And she's like, oh, you can build my my big building. He's like, okay, cool. So they end up together. They don't ever grow, get married. They just grow old together. It's just sweet. Um, then the story ends on this stupid cliffhanger uh, about two characters, one of which I barely mentioned and one of which I didn't mention at all. So, like, it's not really relevant to this podcast episode. But it was, like, a stupid, super rude cliffhanger uh, where it's basically, like, woman comes back to be with man, but man was stolen by her ex-husband. 
<gasps> dun dun dun. What? Book two, probably. This cool. bull- this man got kidnapped. <laughs> what? Anyway, um, I will say I was actually kind of glad for that cliffhanger because I wanted to read the romance between those two specific characters mm-hmm. more than some of the other possibilities for other books. There were which no other possibilities because no no one else was doing anything. I'm I'm guessing the other two sirens are going to get the next two yeah. books and Jack and Eleanor are going to be like the last book of the Yeah, thing. I think the next one the... is Cornelia's point of view yeah. from whatever little thing I read. But I did also want to clarify because I've said a lot that the baby thing annoys me. I think, and I might have to go back and double check this, but I think there is some ambiguity at the end if Sarah ever actually has the child because mm-hmm. uh, the midwife is kind of like, oh, well, we don't know if like the pregnancy is safe yet, but she's like good for now. She might have the kid, she might not. And I don't think in the like flash forward wrapping up the story that older Serafina does, I don't think she says like, yeah. and our new baby, she just is like our children, um, which could just be the, the two, two that, that already. Adam already. Yeah. I, had I, um I think she yeah because she does say like oh the doctor said it would be fine I just needed to relax but that could have just been her like trying to make her friends let her yeah do what she wanted there's but definitely some line about like we won't know for sure until the quickening which I believe is when the heart like old timey for the heartbeat mm. starts up like whenever you know yeah. the I mean like I will give it some credit in that it was like haha but maybe they don't have a baby but I am going to go ahead and guess that in book two there's going to be reference to sarah cornelia's good friend and her young daughter or something Mm -hmm. like that and that it will turn out that she did in fact have that baby Uh, yeah yeah just a guess i'm just reading the epilogue here to see nor our children i became fully richer yeah yeah see no actual specifically like and i bore him a son and our child looks just like us the two of us right. together in one person that There's we made no jane ear ending where oh and then rochester saw his son or whatever which i bring up to discuss is this a rochester a heathcliff or a darcy um i was thinking heathcliff that's a tragic past one right yes yeah, gotta be heathcliff yes right? because she was like you know, if if I if he had just married me, or like if I had never fallen for Jonathan's mm-hmm. lies in the first place, I'd probably be fine. This wouldn't yeah. be because essentially, it, the three choices, if you want to kind of pare them down, are unjustified garbage, justified garbage, or not really garbage. Socially awkward, time, right? <laughs> yeah, like secretly not garbage. Yeah, so yeah, she's yeah. justified garbage, yes. right? Like she's. Mm-hmm gone through some shit and is in a society where they don't have the structures yeah. in place that would help her get through that shit in a way that was well adjusted i too would hate men if i were deemed property of men sure yeah mm-hmm. which i believe that means that this is our second fucking rochester one i want a darcy where is my darcy Where's garbage darcy? girl Ugh. good question i want yeah i want like a i want a very awkward girl misunderstood not her point of view I have I have thought about this and I have a possible explanation maybe is garbage boy just the the inverse taking into account what these genders typically are told to want mm-hmm. of a manic pixie dream girl Oh yes mm. interesting 
right? Because they're both like love interests. And I mean, there are some manic pixie dream boys that exist. Yes. But typically it's a f- very female. And you do you do see trope. a lot of manic pixie dream girls with Darcy types or Rochester types. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably not with Heathcliff types, but I don't know. But it's like. I'm thinking of like nick miller and jess from new girl situation right and it's like that whole vibe of right like women are supposed to want to draw the men we have out, to fix them we have to and make men them are supposed to need someone to draw them out right yes. so like maybe that's what's going on here and why this is such a gendered trope mm-hmm. is that it's just the like as a manic pixie dream girl is generally male authors writing about a hyper fantasized version yes, of an romance. ideal woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, that garbage boy is just the like hyper idealized end of this, like, yes, gendered idea of what women want. And I'm not I saying women don't, because I think that, like, obviously, we have talked much about our love for garbage boys. So it's not it, inaccurate. Yeah. yeah. It is problematic. But it's Something not there is working, though, for our lizard brains. <laughs> <laughs> That is a good point. Something to ruminate on. Yes. As yes. we we move to the final lap in this unit. I don't know what we're gonna. Well, we'll we'll, we'll dig something up, right. or send us something. If you got if you got uh, information about a Darcy lady, we're on the hunt. Lady Darcy we're on the hunt. Surely there's a gender swap, Pride and Prejudice. There's gotta be right, but I bet it's all from the the Darcy girl's point of view. Ugh. I think I've read that. Like, I feel like I've read that book. Yeah. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll look into it. I feel like WLW might be the way to go. We'll I agree. look into it. I agree. Um, all right. So that's it. Yeah. We did our recommendations. It? Do we want to re-record yeah. them here or? No, I think we're good. Okay. Okay. I think that worked. We'll leave it for now. And if people write in and say, I hated it, then we'll change it. But you know what? If they do. People I- will be writing. <laughs> Interact. Please. Okay, so next week we're reading Animorphs number 37, The Weakness. Um, and then the week after that, I believe we're wrapping up my unit on The Great Detective. Yes. You got a book ready? I do. Um, I'm taking a little bit of a chance on this one because I don't know much about the series, but I think it fits. Okay. Um, if it doesn't. <laughs> what's new for me and my third choice of books <laughs> even if it does fit i'll poke holes in it until Please. it doesn't anymore so it's unrecognizable <laughs> just so i can say i've won and i still hate something <laughs> we will be reading a curious beginning by deanna rayborn which is the first book in the veronica speedwell mystery series it is a uh, victorian era it is mm. a female, scientifically-minded detective. Okay. I heard the mystery is not super prominent in the first book because it's about Good. her relationship with the love interest. Mostly. Perfect. So <laughs> we'll see we'll how see. it goes. I'm excited. I already owned this book, so I was really hoping it would fit the prompt. <laughs> <laughs> Might be trying to force it in there. But you know what? Fuck it. It's my choice. <laughs> 
Uh, in the meantime, if you have any books you would like us to read for the podcast, either because you think we would love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all of your favorite podcasting podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should because I am so ready to disappoint you with the choice of book I made, I guess, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review, but if you don't, that's all right because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Scarlett Beckham, entanglements i was not proposing marriage mr anderson merely inconsequential fucking his brown (laughs) eyes met hers fucking is rarely inconsequential foreshadow (laughs) (laughs) they have a baby (laughs) i kind of want to rub it in a little bit that i'm mad your uh, your oh, mic no. your mic box. I know it's hilarious. My mic box has taken on the the background of the Skype call, so I can hide in it, and it looks like I'm <laughs> in this like field of flowers. In the flowers, <laughs> amazing. Oh my god. <laughs>